0: Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure. Welcome to Hallis Intrigue, the Chicago Bears podcast. Jason, on this episode, we will talk about the worst-case scenario for Justin Fields, another loss uh, here in Atlanta, and where the Bears go next. All that and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Jason, the Bears have lost 27-24, but far more pressing is what's going on with Justin Fields. Bears quarterback got hit out of bounds in the final two minutes On Sunday, landed on his left shoulder and appears to have injured it pretty good. Uh, He wouldn't give many details after the game, but it sounds like a sprain or separation, something like that. We've seen that injury cost Mitch Trubisky games, even when it's been to his Mm non-throwing shoulder. So it's certainly possible that Fields misses a little bit of time here, isn't it?
1: It is, Patrick, and it's part of what you have to take into account when you weigh this performance by him. You have what was a, a solid, efficient day, especially passing, mm-hmm. leading up to the final drive. Mm-hmm. And then there was a game costing interception and this injury. But and both of those are concerning. The shoulder injury is more of a concern. Sure. It's his non-throwing shoulder, but he says that it affects his throwing motion. Okay. And obviously this is a big concern with his running. And Pat, this is the underlying concern at all times when you build your organization around a quarterback like this. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. Right. But this is what if you're the Ravens, mm-hmm. to a lesser extent, if you're the Bills, mm-hmm. and certainly if you're the Bears, this is something you accept and you live with. And there this will not be the first the the last time that this happens.
0: No. Like Lamar a-
1: Jackson misses time here and there. He doesn't miss a ton of time. But it's not unreasonable to think, hey, there could be a stretch where you're at, you're missing Justin Fields for a couple of games. We had it last year. Last year he missed games over different injuries. At sure. Times.
0: Yeah, and Justin Fields is a running back. I mean, he's he's a quarterback, but you also, in terms of the amount of abuse that he takes physically, he's a running back, and the Bears need to treat him as such. Mark Podash, Jason is here. When we're done uh, with this next segment, uh, he will. I, I don't know whether you can hear. The game balls clanging around in the bag, but uh, he is getting settled for game balls. I, I, I just, I don't know, Jason, with with this Fields injury, I mean, what is worse, the Bears playing a very limited playbook because Fields' shoulder is hurt in the next couple of games, or the Bears trotting on a backup quarterback and, and then trying to evaluate their offense to uh, with Trevor Simeon in charge,
1: last thing you want at any point while Justin Fields is your quarterback is someone else playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. So there's two ways to look at this pet. In the short term, right now we're talking about maybe Trevor Simeon plays against the Jets. Okay, you're talking about hypothetically at some point during the season if Justin Fields got hurt, Trevor Trevor Simeon plays a few games. Mm-hmm. Those are wasted games in 2022. Right. If you're talking 2023 mm-hmm. and hypothetically the Bears are good, right? That's devastating. Mm-hmm. You, that totally changes your chances of winning games when you ideally would be playing to win games at that point.
2: Mm-hmm. So, again,
1: but, you live with this. Right. But I think the way that you live with this, and I, I can't, I've I lost track of how many times you and I have had this conversation right. this year because we agree on this. Um, and I'm not sure how many times it's come up on here versus off mic. Right. You have to have a backup quarterback like Tyler Huntley. Right. Like what... The Ravens have. You need a backup quarterback that plays this style. And they're not going to be as good as him. I know that. Right. Tyler Huntley isn't as good as Lamar Jackson. Right. But Tyler Huntley plays the same style as Lamar Jackson. And Tyler Huntley is young. And right. so if Tyler Huntley starts three games and is awesome, right. or Bears' future version of Tyler Huntley yeah, starts three problem. games and he's awesome, you got a guy you can trade. That, that's And you have a guy that can plug in and win games for you in the same way that your starter is. I think
0: that's the next step. I think the bears needed to make sure that justin fields was their starting quarterback yeah. before they made that next move and you know there's a part of me that wouldn't be upset if they sat there and went listen the bye is in 2 weeks we will get by for 2 weeks without him be as cautious as humanly possible with him and then hopefully you know give him you know that last month of the season uh, to see what he can do i think i don't think there's such a thing in this season of being too cautious with him because like you said you're not playing for anything if the season were to end today, the Bears would have the third overall pick in the draft. Looking forward, you know the Jets just lost a game on a uh, on a on a punt return touchdown uh, <laughs> as time expired or with five seconds to play. But you know beyond them, you've got the three NFC North teams left on the schedule. You've got the NFC favorite, the Eagles, and the AFC favorite, the Bills. I mean, the, the Bears won't be favored with or without Justin Fields in any of those games, and I think you could argue that. <laughs> Them losing out might not be the worst thing. Uh, I would argue to you that they need to find a way to win one of these games for everybody's sanity and to show some progress. No, it's too late. Yeah. Well, one of them.
1: I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> I mean, too late. The li- the Lions and the Falcons just came through.
0: Right. Yeah. And they had their chance. And as Darnell Mooney said, you know, you know, here we go again, more or less. Uh, Mark Potash is here. Uh, I, I want to get to game balls real quick so we can send Potsy on his way. Uh, to his further afield hotel than I'm we I'm not had. in a hurry.
1: Okay, well, okay. For, we just did a thing. So, for the purposes of this, you are. Come on. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, uh, Mark, uh, Mark. You know what "yes
1: a, and" means? Like yes. in improv, like you, know, like, you, you just kind of yeah. go with what the other people are doing. Mark has a
0: gunny sack full of uh, three. Ga- I can count three game balls in there. Um, Cordell, Cordero Patterson is not allowed to get a game ball, just so we're clear.
2: But start where you'd like to start. All right, well, um, we'll start on offense. I'm giving it to Cole Komet because I thought that was a great catch, that he made a one-handed catch while he was reaching in the air and having a player contact him. And it was only one catch in the game. But let me me just say, I think it was great that in a good offense, he's a player who, like you said, in a good offense, he'll be a good player. In a bad offense, he, like, makes a lot of drops and a lot of things, things you question. I think that's a good sign for this offense, that he's making plays like he is. And so I thought that was a really significant play by him—a play that he had not been making, even though I don't think he was necessarily poor or bad. I think he's just—he's a, a great example of what the Bears need: a good, good players who can be good in good offenses. That play really was illustrated that. It was check it out if you haven't seen it. It was a really great catch by okay. by uh, you know uh, by a, by a good player. And somebody asked
0: uh, Khmet if that was the best catch he had made, and he had, he said. Yeah.
2: <laughs> in a game. Yes, yeah, it was. Right, absolutely. <laughs> considering the circumstances, he, the degree of difficulty. And the fact that he
0: was hit before right, he went that's, to That makes it. Yeah. AJ,
1: AJ Terrell was the DB that hit him, and he hit him perfectly. Right. Yeah. He hit him. I, I thought at first maybe he hit him early. When you watch it, he hits him exactly perfectly in, like, the hip or midsection or whatever as he goes for that ball. It, it is right up there with the Darnell Mooney catch against the Vikings. That's just an amazing play, for him to get that with one hand and hold on to it and take it to the ground while getting hit. And by the way, like, it's Cole Komet's highlight. When you right. search for it, search Cole Komet. But Justin Fields threw a really, really good pass on that play.
0: Yeah, and Komet went out of his way to say that, too. Um,
2: as he did, if I may interrupt, as he did in the Montgomery play. The Montgomery pass, I'm not sure, Did, did people consider that a better catch or pass? But That, that was, was a
1: great throw. That, was, was, a, throw. that
2: was just, uh, the way he was moving and stuff, that was... Those are good signs. I know he's hurt, but uh, that, 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 that there were some positive things out of today. That's why I really
1: thought this was going well for Justin Fields. His, it was more of a pedestrian game than what we'd seen. He wasn't breaking records yeah, or running for 67 yards or anything like that. But the throws were really good, Pat. The, the touchdown pass to Mooney was to the millimeter precise. Right. The throw to Montgomery was probably Justin Fields' best throw of the season. The throw to commit was really, really good. He missed, Mon- he missed uh, Mooney on a deep shot. That it it wasn't like it was a great throw, but that's the way I want him missing. Sure. I want him missing, overthrowing Darnell Mooney by a couple of yards rather than uh, you know where, underthrowing. And
0: where if he hits it, it's a touchdown. And Jason, will you know, it might have been a good idea to let him throw when they needed points the most. But we'll get to that part. You know, a and one bit.
2: other thing, you know, about that you regarding Fields, you know, I gave him a C in the grades. I'm pretty sure I did, and I think I even made the point five six weeks ago there was a B. That's yeah. how much the bar has been raised for him. This is an average game for him, and uh, and I think you guys, well, maybe you will either will or will not agree, but uh, six weeks ago, that this was uh, not a revelation, but a real much more encouraging performance than maybe it is uh, today. Because I think it's a sign the bar has been raised for this guy, and uh, you know I think that's that's a good sign for you're, the Bears.
1: You're absolutely right. He's absolutely right, Pat. And the the big picture view of that. Justin Fields has created expectations of what he's going to do. And not that he said it like at some out of the park level, but he has given you an idea of what to expect every week. And then today, he delivers something that's just kind of right in that strike zone for the most part of what to expect. It's just pretty good. Not 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 amazing, but pretty good. Yeah. Not going to win him any awards, and that's a really good thing though. When you start to establish, here's what you can expect from me. Here's kind of my my floor of what I'm going to do most weeks. This
0: is the worst game he's played in the last five, and it wasn't a tire fire, which exactly. we haven't been able to say about Bears quarterbacks in a while. Now, do the Bears need to average more than three point nine yards per carry? Yes, I mean I mean the with, ru- with Fields. Yeah. They
2: certainly do. Yeah, they, they yeah.
0: absolutely do to make a performance like that work. Um, but, yeah. Do you have a, Patsy, do you have a defensive player?
2: Yeah, defensively, I'm giving it to Jaquan Brisker. I think he just, um, I mean, nobody was great on defense today. But I thought he stood out. I thought he um, uh, he had a tackle for loss. He had a forced fumble. He had 11 tackles. Um, i trying to think if he had a bad play. He got injured, right, and came back. Yes, uh, but no. I he think, was escorted off the field
0: by the concussion oh, so spotter right. twice, right. yeah. Potsy, yeah. and came yeah. back both
2: times. Yeah, uh, and just in general, he's been playing well, and I think this was another good example of um, you know of his kind of uh, growth. It's not, it's not by leaps and bounds. You know, he's not quite on that path to um, to uh, defensive rookie of the year, which I know is kind of a goal of his. He's not probably not going to get there. But still, the steady improvement, which is really hard to see in a bad defense, which this is, um, and getting worse in the second half, uh, I thought he's, he was most notable, noticeable to me uh, even before watching like game film. After
1: you give out your special teams uh, game ball, I have a quick special teams question I need to check in with Patrick on.
2: That would be fine by me. Your game ball goes? I said after, after. Okay, yeah. okay. Oh, so we're ready to go to – okay.
1: All right, forget it. Okay. I'll let you sit there and think about no, it. No, 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 I haven't. I mean,
2: the, the, this okay. is the easiest one. All right, go ahead. The, the easiest game ball of all is uh, is uh, for uh, special teams, and it's Valus Jones, who uh, uh, after being benched uh, for two straight games, the uh, first time he touches the ball he goes 55 yards, and that was after the, the uh, Falcons had scored a touchdown, it, it – uh, kind of gave the Bears good field position. They scored a touchdown. It started a 17-0 run for the Bears, and uh, unfortunately it was trumped by an even better play by Cortell Patterson. But that doesn't take away from the fact, you know, the one thing, this to a lot of people, losing ruins a lot of things and, 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 and diminishes a lot of things that happened in the game. The one thing it didn't, it didn't diminish was that Bayless Jones made a play. And made a play after he'd been totally torn down the pre- previous two weeks, not only by being the demoted and being benched, but also by having to answer questions every week, you know, every week, but especially the last two about why are you not playing? And and the pressure that's been on him as not only a third round pick, but the wide receiver of a team uh, that needs wide receivers, in, in effect, kind of a first round pick basically, a need from a need factor. And there's been a lot of pressure on him, and he responded, and I think uh, he deserves a lot of credit for that.
1: Pet, I am usually pretty dispassionate about the people we covered. Like it's, a, you got to be objective. I'm really happy for Velas Jones. I really like Velas Jones. I've seen Velas Jones clearly been crying right. some of these games that he where he has been the problem at the end that cost him the game against the Giants. There was no doubt he'd been crying by the time we talked to him. I'm really happy to see for him to see him get this. Kind of step back in the right direction. He's a guy that I think everyone likes, and you want to see him succeed. I'm happy that
0: he was on the field for offensive plays,
1: and that needs to keep happening.
0: Yeah, it does. Even if you're using him as a fake handoff on fly sweep action one way and running your quarterback the other way, that's something, and there's a threat there. Uh, And if you if you drafted, (laughs) you spend a third round pick on this guy, you got to see whether he can play. I thought, Jason, you were going to say. How happy you were for Cordero Patterson because we all we all uh, really liked our time around him and I got the impression and a couple of Bears said something similar to this that that you know CP brings the ball out on every kickoff anyway but they thought that he was bringing it out on every kickoff this year because he was really trying to get that record <laughs> and the fact that he you know uh, he sprung one 103 yards for uh, his ninth career uh, kickoff return touchdown which is the most in the history of football. Um, uh, it was good to see. Also, fun fact, he has now – he returned two as a Bear and three against the Bears on three different teams.
1: All on kickoffs? Yep. So five of his
0: – yeah, five
1: nine of, are Bears-related? Bears-related,
0: yeah. Oh. One, one is a Viking, one as a Patriot, and
2: then and, today. And three kickoffs and 16 kickoff returns against the Bears. That's a pretty good percentage. <laughs>
1: Patsy, you grew up in the grocery business. We're in the southeast – Publix is, in my opinion, the gold standard of major grocery chains. As you as you leave Mercedes-Benz Stadium, are you headed to Publix to steal all their secrets, to scout the competition, and see in what ways could Potash Markets improve?
2: Jason, Publix comes to Chicago to steal our (laughs) secrets, so that question is null and void.
1: (laughs) All right, get out of here. Go. Um, Pat what I wanted to ask you really quickly about special teams and there's some other certainly some other things we could um, we want to get into.
0: I'm sorry Potsy's trying to have a side conversation. I know this is the kind there. of stuff you yeah, should yeah, just try to like you, just to leave, you should just I'm use nonverbal
1: <laughs> communication to kind of do without to, everyone I'm having to listen you to can, uh, Broad question here is, is something up with Cairo Santos?
0: I, on the kickoff it was uh, they actually had Trent Gill uh, kick off the final kickoff. Uh, because they wanted him to put it through the back of the end zone so Cordero Patterson couldn't return it. Uh, that shows me something's off. Uh, he did miss a 56-yard field goal. I'm not going to hold it against him. It would have been the longest field goal of his career. He said he was good from 58 in, uh, in warm-ups. And then he mentioned this fun little fact that when Patterson scored the touchdown, he got to keep the football. And that was the Bears' number one kicking ball. And apparently before the game, Santos goes through and, lay, and finds the three footballs he likes the best.
1: Mm-hmm. And the kickers are very particular about yeah. this in the NFL.
0: Yeah, and uh, and they label them one, two, three, and the official uh, uses them accordingly. So the field goal try he had was using the second ball because the first one was out of commission. And that's what, the Bears' fault. Yeah, don't give up a touch shot. Yeah, tackle a guy. <laughs> well, and that ball's going to the Hall of Fame, probably. So uh, I think that's probably a little more valuable. Than Cordero's the keeping that ball. Yeah, well, he's, he's not letting important.
1: him take that. Maybe
0: le- loaned, he is keeping loaned it. to the Hall of Fame.
1: Uh, it's going to be like when you go to an art museum and it's like this is on loan from the Louvre. <laughs> this is on loan from the Cordero Patterson collection. Yeah,
0: from the collection of Cordero Patterson. Uh, Jason, We've, uh, I think we've teased this, but it's, I think, going to be what everybody talks about. On uh, when they Monday money Monday morning quarterback this thing, the three plays the Bears ran when they had a chance to march down the field and try to win the game. Uh, it was uh, just under two minutes to play. The first one was the sweep left uh, that in which Fields hurt his left shoulder as he was pushed out of bounds. The Bears actually had to burn a timeout because he'd gotten hurt, and that's what happens in the final two minutes. On the second play, there was a it was a draw which I found very bizarre. Uh, Fields uh, ran, slid, got hit by Grady Jarrett, probably deserved a flag, but he didn't get it. And then on third and five, throws the ball behind David Montgomery that was actually intended for Darnell Mooney, right? Behind him. No, no,
1: no. But I see why you or anyone watching would think that for sure, because it was plausible looking at the throw itself. Fields said he was throwing for Montgomery. I
0: think gets popped up in the air intercepted, and the game's over. Uh... Fields in the fourth quarter has not been a good passer. I think he's been in the 31-32-ish in passer rating in the fourth quarter this season. I want to see him passing in this yeah. situation. And it's not just because of the outcome. It's because of, like you mentioned, a couple of the great throws he had today. Why in the world did Luke Getzi want him to run twice? And do you think that it's possible Getzee didn't realize the extent of how much he was hurting.
1: He should. When he
0: called the second down The
1: play. second one is troubling. Right. The second one, uh, Luke Getzi's on the sideline.
0: Yeah.
1: He's not upstairs. Right. Luke Getze should have been really dialed into what was going on. And also
0: there was a timeout. So we yes. had time. Yes, I mean, he had
1: timeout because he got hurt. Right, yeah. You need to know that. Uh, you can't send him running on that second play, that second down play, second and nine. Right. Uh, I, un, I, I, can, I could debate with Luke Getze about that first play. I'm not going to just dismiss that out of hand. You're at your own 25. This is as good as Fields threw, as well as he threw today, this is still his best asset is running. Uh You have three timeouts. That's not ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Running on second and nine when he's hurt, he's clearly hurt. You you showed it on TV, Pat. Mm Mm-hmm. And they had to stop the game because of it. Right. You, you can't not know that. And if it's you're not like Getzy. the play clock
0: was was getting out of control, and Gatsy just had to get a play in. They knew it. Yeah, that was troublesome. And I mean, it was a late hit. And I'm the last person to blame referees for anything. The
1: second down late. The hit. second down yeah. was
0: absolutely a late hit. Hit him in the head, uh, a much bigger guy. And at some point, <laughs> at some point, you figure Fields will get that call. Uh, Jaquan Brisker said today, and I quote. That Tom Brady and Jared Goff would have gotten that call. Uh, I don't know a world in which he puts Jared Goff in the same sentence as Tom Brady. But nonetheless, his point was that uh, was that the Bears need to be getting these these calls. Someday
1: fields will get those Goff calls. <laughs>
0: is that... See, I wrote today about how my fear is that their losing streak, they've lost seven of eight now, and the last three games they've lost have been by a combined seven points. That eventually the muck of all of that will cloud the development they need to see yeah. in the next six six weeks. I wonder whether I, I like I put that run in there with that is there's you know they're scrambling and now all of a sudden their offensive coordinator who's made the right call most of the time this season now he can't get out of his own way. Um, these things have a tendency to accumulate when you're losing.
1: Yeah, I think there when you look at Fields and his application to be the franchise quarterback there's a lot of boxes that have to be checked and he has he has checked one in particular that he's the best running quarterback in the league right and I don't say that because he's the guy that we cover because he's the guy we see all the time it's not myopic I don't say it lightly he's a better running quarterback than Lamar Jackson which is incredible Mm -hmm. to think that you would have that Mm -hmm. at all if you establish nothing else that's a pretty good start there's other things that he's got to do Mm -hmm. and two of them to me would be Passing in obvious passing situations. He's got to be able to do that because that is very, very difficult, but it's part of this job. And end of game, two-minute drill. So I don't think this is a big deal in his development that he's not there on those things yet. But he has to check those boxes by the end of the season, I think.
0: Well, and that's the problem when you talk about you have the ball and there's two minutes to play and you need to go in the game. They're not going to have many more opportunities to go win a game.
1: and Probably not.
0: And that's why I, I wish we would have seen it today or last week or the week before that or two weeks before that um, because this was kind of the soft spot in their schedule. And, uh, you know, if you're down 25 to the Bills, it doesn't quite matter as much <laughs> if you right. do that. And, and now I think it's fair to wonder whether he'll get an opportunity to do so just because of his own health, at least the next couple of
1: weeks. That's a concern. As far as the play calling is concerned at the end with Luke Getze, one thing I'm interested in with Matt Eberflus this season in all regards is just understanding what his process is. Mm-hmm. You can criticize the decisions or the outcomes or whatever, but I want to know who's making these decisions. Right. Because it's not always it's not like it was under Matt Nagy, where it was very clear. The mm-hmm. defensive coordinator calls the defense, Matt Nagy calls the plays on offense, except when he doesn't. Right. When things are, go- are are a total mess. Um, Matt Iverflus has said Alan Williams calls the defense. Luke Getzey calls the offense. And when I was asking him about that play calling on the final drive today, Pat, I wanted to know, essentially, are those plays running over his headset? I'm sure they are. And him, I know they are, but, and he's... Got the ability to veto does or change Does he have veto it. power? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. And of course, he has the right to do that. He's the head coach, but he—but that's not how it works. That's mm-hmm. not how they do things. Right. Like he says, that is Luke Getze calling the plays in the two-minute drill. The only thing Eberflus interjects with in there is timeouts and game management yeah. type stuff like that. Stuff so like this play. is if you not. Don't
0: get it, if you don't get it, we're going for it on fourth down. If you don't get it, so
1: this does not hit Matt Eber. These calls, this sec, this draw play on second down, does not. Uh, at least the way the process is set up right now does not hit Matt Eberflus's desk before it goes to the field
0: right and
1: I think that's the way it should be. There's not enough time, no. probably.
0: Could you imagine Matt Nagy jumping in on Vic or jumping into a change of Vic Fangio defensive call? And I'm not saying that I could imagine it. I'm not saying that Getzey and Vic Fangio yeah, are, could are have, the same.
1: I could imagine.
0: But, but you know, but no. he does a good right. job. One of the things that I think has impressed both of us since Eberflus got here was his ability to relegate responsibility, saying early on, this is Alan Williams' defense, I will not be calling it. And for him to want to act like the head coach, not like the governor of half of the offense. And because of that, I mean, Luke Getze, look at what they've done the last month. Why wouldn't you want Luke Getze having yeah. complete autonomy in, in what they call it there?
1: Hey, Luke Getze gets to learn, too, by the way. Yeah. Fair. Luke Getze is not a finished project. product. No. I mean, he's, what, like 38? He's yeah. in his first NFL coordinator job. He hasn't even he hadn't even been an NFL position coach for that long.
0: No. And, well, and of course, the way this works is, you know, Iberflus on Friday gets asked about he gets he being a head coaching candidate. And now on Sunday, we're, we're sitting there going, what the hell is he
1: thinking? I, I, I know that feels like whiplash, but I didn't I, I was not a big fan of that whole storyline like that. That seemed kind of that seemed way premature to me. Yeah,
0: well, all of that
1: talk about Luke all Get- Luke Getzy after what five games of, of things going well.
0: Well, and also, I Come mean, the, the notion of hiring offensive coordinators to become head coaches, a lot of those decisions are premature. I mean, the thing Getzi has working against him right now is the performance of the Denver Broncos head coach. Right, and you know, Matt Nagy got hired. Maybe having called plays for half a season, but they were really kind of dubious about whether it was Andy Reid or not. Um, you know, this happens before. Is, is Coaches tend to jump on offensive coordinators a year early rather than a year late. And um, it's possible, I guess. But, you know, again, they've won one game in two months. Like, let's not crown anybody anything right
1: now. I don't know if Luke Getsy's a good offensive coordinator. I don't know if you do. I, I think... He's good. He's shown some good signs. Mm-hmm. He's shown like where you'd want him to be. I love the adjustments that sure. they made, and that they were willing to make adjustments at all. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. I don't know that Luke Getzi is a good offensive coordinator yet. I think he's. I mean, that that really took off. That really got think, out of hand last week. I, I feel think like. I
0: can say, with confidence that, I admire the creativity he uses in making sure Justin Fields' unique skills are uh, laid bare every week. I think that's I. I don't know whether the, is that good, is that just creative. How does he counter? I mean, we'll see. He's
1: the other doing thing a good job. This is,
0: I mean, this guy also has not faced the same team twice yet. Like, you know, let's see right. what happens when they get to Green Bay in Detroit. Let's see what he does that's different from what he did uh, the time before.
1: I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to misrepresent what I think because Luke Getsy's doing a good job. Mm-hmm. I think. Right. I'm just saying, there's a big difference between he's doing a good job right, right. now and has been doing a good job for a little while, mm-hmm. and someone's going to hire this guy to be their head coach exactly. next week. Yeah, come exactly. on. Like, yeah. we'll he He's still got some things to show you.
0: Of course, if he turns, um, if he turns Trevor Simeon into a star, now you might have something.
1: <laughs> and that's a very realistic possibility that you could see Trevor Simeon playing. I mean, it's. A, you make a good point that. Why not be careful with Justin Fields, right. especially if you feel like, okay, things are going well. This is the, we, it's, not like we, our, it's not like our evaluation is going to be severely hindered by him missing the next two games or something like that. And this is just speculation. We don't know that he'll miss any right. time. Um, I will say that it's helpful to him to get the games. He's not at a point where he's just on cruise control.
0: Right, absolutely. He
1: could use the games. And Pat, this would come at such a bad time for him Mm -hmm. when things are really pointing up. I still look at this game today against the Falcons and say there's a lot of good here. This isn't all undercut by that interception at the end. That interception at the end is really concerning because that's a throw I feel like I've seen him be inaccurate on a lot mm-hmm. and that's a recurring problem mm-hmm. as opposed to like the interception against the Lions I don't mm-hmm. that him having just terrible judgment right. sure. on a throw that's not been typical of him sure. so I can look at that as a one off but he really would benefit from being able to continue this trajectory that he's on regardless of the bears trying to evaluate it he could use these next few games if he's able to play through this and also
0: it's fun let's not ignore that if you're a bears fan who's watching a team That's won three games this season. Having a good time on Sundays uh, has really been a good different experience for them and uh, to take that away uh, would be a bummer all around. Uh, Jason, we will uh, work through this as uh, the days go on. Uh, We'll be back at you at some point before Thanksgiving and then uh, again from New York next Sunday. Uh, Mark Potash is still here. He didn't take our advice to uh, go get an Uber and get to his hotel. Uh, so he says farewell, wave Potsy, or say something. Um, uh, Jason uh, and Jason Leisure, and I'm Patrick Finley. Check us out on Twitter, on the SunTimes website, uh, and please like, rate, and review the podcast. Until next time, bye. What do we say, bye? That's usually what people say at the end of something. Goodbye. We'll talk to you again later this week.